The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes Looking hard but won't realize That they will never see the pee Yes, sir. We are right back at it. It's all eyes on Cleveland, the podcast. I am your host, Brad Ward. An absolutely huge weekend here at the show. Nothing but top personalities bringing you top content and amazing interviews. Tonight, our annual Hard Knocks preview. With the one and only Ken Rogers, showrunner and lead producer of HBO's Hard Knocks, will join us to preview this season's show. You start getting excited. There it is. We are back in full effect on All Eyes on Cleveland. I am Brad Ward, your host. We'll be joined shortly by the one and only Ken Rogers of NFL Films and HBO's Hard Knocks. Uh, You can find our show, All Eyes on Cleveland, where all popular podcasts are found, including iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, Radio.com, and Google Play. We'll be published... Monday morning at USA Today Sports Media Group's thebrownswire.com. I recommend you go there for all your Browns content. Jeff Risden, amazing writer. I write there myself as well. Plus, All Eyes on Cleveland has a webpage. You can go to alleyesoncleveland.com. The All Eyes on Cleveland t-shirts are flying off the shelves. I know you saw Eric Metcalf wearing one. You can go to at All Eyes on Clee on Twitter to the pinned tweet and check out All Eyes on Cleveland Apparel. It's fantastic. It's hot. People love it. I suggest you go check it out. No, it really is cool stuff, and you can uh, rep uh, All Eyes on Clee. The t-shirts are nice. Get long sleeve shirts. You can get masks. That's right, mask up, everybody, and uh, all other things uh, there as well. Mugs, anything you want. But the t-shirts are the main focus there. Uh, lots of people around town sporting them. Uh, Ken Carmen tweeted about his, uh, as well as did Jeff Risden and and others. Uh, so, uh, L.A. Broadus got his. He's wearing his in a couple pictures on Twitter. Check it out. Don't want to waste your time much longer here tonight because we have Ken Rogers. Now, Ken Rogers is a sports documentary filmmaker with NFL Films. He has been the showrunner and lead creative producer for HBO's Hard Knocks since 2007. He has directed uh, multiple 30 for 30 films for ESPN, uh, including Elway uh, to Marino, uh, Four Falls of Buffalo, The Two Bills, uh, that was always Scott's favorite, and Dion's Double Play, one of my favorites. So make sure you go check those out. Um, And uh, uh, those are, you know, 30 for 30s if you like those. Those are the ones that Ken... Uh, had a hand in, among others. But he also has been now, as we'll find out here at the beginning of the interview, uh, this will be his 13th year as the showrunner and uh, lead creative producer of HBO's Hard Knocks. It's a hit every year. 
And uh, this year, obviously, a much different uh, year. Teams, L.A. Chargers, L.A. Rams, we'll ask them why they decided to do that. Uh, But really get into this. I mean, if you think about it with the way that training camp is, uh, not uh, padded practices until like two weeks in, no preseason games, lots of questions, again, on how hard Knox will look. And I think you'll be surprised that uh, it is going to be really, really intriguing. And this is probably one of my favorite interviews I've done all year. Third year in a row we've had Ken Rogers on. Uh, he is uh, a very, very kind man to lend his time uh, to me and uh, come on the show as he is busy and uh, has a lot of him, very important guy, important man. And uh, he's able to come on the show here and share his thoughts on this year's show, which will premiere on Tuesday night on HBO, Hard Knocks. You'll get a look inside uh, for the first time, really, this year, because no press, no no fans at training camp. It'll be your first look inside any training camp, really, uh, with any kind of in-depthness. Just made that word up. Uh, in-depthness. Uh, but yeah, um, and it's uh, Ken Rogers, showrunner of Hard Knocks for 13th, is his 13th season doing it, uh, lead creative producer, uh, documentary uh, filmmaker with NFL Films. He's VP, Vice President of NFL Films, actually. Uh, big, big top men. That's what we do here at All Eyes on Cleveland. But without any further rambling from myself, let's go to the interview. It's a really good one. Enjoy Ken Rogers in our Hard Knocks preview. And on All Eyes on Cleveland tonight, we are absolutely honored to bring in uh, a sports documentary filmmaker with NFL Films. He has been the showrunner and lead creative producer for HBO's Hard Knocks since 2007. He has directed 30 for 30 films for ESPN, including Elway to Marino, Four Falls of Buffalo, The Two Bills, and Dion's Double Play. He is Ken Rogers. How are we doing today, Ken? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, three but- years in a row uh, we've had you on ever since the Browns were on. Oh, I miss the I miss the Cleveland Hard Knocks days, boy. They, those were the those were the great shows. I, I, <laughs> I'm I always think back to those days. That they, they uh, man, I, I love that show so much. Uh, you know, you, you think about those uh, shows and with Freddie Kitchens challenging, uh, you know, uh, Hugh Jackson, and then what all came of that? Freddie gets the head coaching job. It's uh, amazing. That all started on Hard Knocks. Pretty crazy stuff. And uh, uh, here, we, yep. here we here we are now with another regime, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, kind of the way it goes. But uh, you know, you know. Let me let me just take a note on that. Everyone, a lot of people talk about that and say uh in the nfl even other coaches say you know you guys showed that and that was terrible i'll tell you what if if that season had gone differently and it it could have gone differently because it was you know it wasn't it wasn't a disaster of a season when you look back at it historically now really wasn't that bad that that season uh when you look at uh you know, how it turned out the next season and, and how things go in the course of the history. You look back, you go, well, no, that, that was, they did okay. Um, had a couple wins gone their way that year, you would have looked back at that same conversation uh, between uh, Freddie and, and Hugh and, and, and said, hey, that shows that they had the confidence to speak up and the respect for each other. And the, yeah. you know, the staff really believed in open communication and it's really proof that you, the context of conversations all revolve around winning and losing. Yeah, like if, you know, if, if they had history. a good season, you would say, <laughs> Oh, that conversation is proof that they, 
they were set on course for winning from the very start. Yeah. And because it was perceived as a as a as a mess that season, oh, that's proof that they were a mess from the start. And so I always tell people, hard knocks can't win. You know, if yeah, if, if things don't work out, they say, oh, we could tell on hard knocks. And if things work out, we go, oh, you, we could tell on hard knocks. So. Um, I think the the eye is always in the uh, the beauty is always in the eye of the beholder when it comes to our show. Yeah, a little revisionist history. However, it uh, shakes out in the end there. So, but that that's okay. Uh, and uh, so, Keddy, you know, Freddie got a shot, and that didn't go well. Uh, but uh, it's still intriguing stuff. That that season was great for sure, uh, as they all are now. Ken, this is the fifteenth season. Of Hard Knocks, have you been a part of it for all 15? Uh, I was uh, not part of the Ravens inaugural season. I had just started at NFL Films, and I asked to be part of it. I said, hey, could I just do anything? I'll come in and, you know, I'll sweep the I'll sweep the floors for the editors. <laughs> and, um, and I had re- literally just started um, a month beforehand at NFL Films, and, and they said, no, we're good. You know, you just – you you, you you stay home. And um, I, I made up my mind then, like, I want to work on this show. Because, of course, when you're told you can't do something, that's what you want to do. And yep. I, I've been on every show since. Um, and I've been um, kind of the show head since 2007 when we came back from hiatus. Uh, that was with the Chiefs. That's awesome. Uh, so this year, uh, so many questions so so much uh to talk about this year what um let's start with this what made you decide ken to go with uh two teams this year a little bit different of a a setup right yeah um pretty simple both teams really expressed a strong interest in being on the show um we have had multiple teams express interest in being on the show but never two teams quite this strongly and in the same city, you know, there's not many teams that are geographically as close as, as these two teams in Los Angeles. And when they did, and they share a, a new stadium together, which is a big reason why they wanted to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we looked at where they are football wise. The fact that two seasons ago, the chargers had the best record in the AFC and the Rams were representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Since then, they had a tough season, both of them, and they had a lot of turnover. And both coaches we have a long history with. McVeigh has grown up in the business, obviously, and um, uh, was on the final episode of All or Nothing that we did with the Rams. And um, Coach Lynn with the Chargers was part of the Jets staff when we did Hard Knocks with the Jets. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. He was the running backs coach back uh, with Rex Ryan in 2010. Uh, so he's an old friend of the show and we just thought, you know what, this would be an interesting way to, to go about this show to show not, not just one team, but the way, uh, the way a city is going about football, the way a city trying to, you know, find its way back to football and two teams sharing a stadium and a fan base that's, um, you know, I think a little too, maligned sometimes because uh, they're seen as a laissez-faire fan base, which they certainly may be compared to Cleveland. You know, <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't deny that. But, um, you know, they I think they get a little bit of a bad rap. Um, but, you know, they, they certainly um, are trying to find their way in terms of, um, you know, the new stadium. And they both rebranded in terms of their uniforms. And thought instead of choosing one, Let's do both and try to not compare and contrast, but tell dual stories. Um, and maybe we'll we'll find out something differently than we usually do on Hard Knocks. Very interesting. Very interesting. Especially now. Um, my next question is, uh, well, I'll follow up this question with that. But due to the acclimation or ramp up period that the um, players association negotiated, there isn't much football going on uh, these first few weeks. You know, they, they negotiated for a strength and conditioning period, uh, really worried about injury and stuff like that. 
Um, how has that changed the show for you? One hundred percent. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's a uh, uh, boy. I mean, I thought the two teams would change the show dramatically. Um, then the pandemic came around, yeah, and I thought, yeah. "Wow, um, you know, this was in March, uh, May, June." I thought, "Okay, well, that that'll change things because maybe you know they didn't have OTAs and you know training camp. There might be a little more rusty." By the time June, July comes around and I go, whoa, oh, holy crap, they're not going to have games. They're not <sighs> going to practice for the first couple of weeks now. I mean, now football in general is just going to be so different. So, I mean, it, 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 it's changed everything, obviously, in the country, not just in football. So this has become really less of a story about football, certainly this first week um, and this premiere episode, less of a story about football and more of a story about an American workplace trying to, trying to get back to productivity, trying to acclimate. That's exactly what, what this uh, show, this first episode is about is acclimation. That acclimation period is the perfect description for it because you know, physically, they spend 90 minutes out in the field, you know, physically getting acclimated to running around together again. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the day, they're they're getting, you know, mentally maybe back into the game. But behaviorally, they have to get acclimated to all the new protocols, you know, sitting six feet apart. Their lockers are in setups that are something out of science fiction film. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they have to, before they come in each day, go into trailers and get nose swabs. You know, mm -hmm. there's just, everything is completely different. You know, they have to open up their, the Gatorade uh, buckets with their feet, you know, so that they're, they're not all, they're getting less touch points and, you know, everything oh I mean, you know, between sets, between sets on the weights, someone comes in and wipes it down between, between guys, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it, the acclimation is just total and complete. And, um, it, it's, it's really interesting to see how much detail the, the league has put into it. And, um, I think people are going to be fascinated at, at having that inside look at to, at what, a sports league and two teams in particular have to have to do to even consider getting back to work. And I think people will recognize it because we've all done that in our personal lives all summer. And, yeah. uh, you know, you're going to recognize everything like, Oh, when you get something, you can't just pick it up. You have to first, you know, wipe it down and then you have to wash your hands. And then you and these players are doing that on a daily basis. And, and you, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, empathy towards them and a lot of recognition to what we're all going through right now. Yeah. I mean, to, you know, achieve uh, the protocols that were set in place and all the safety measures and, you know, a lot of buildings that we hear about around, you know, facilities around uh, the country, uh, certainly in Cleveland, they redid everything, you know, moved the weight room to the field house, you know, they're just moving things around to create more space and, and the lengths that they've gone to as even as far as, you know, Peter King's piece on taking the screws out of the chairs so that they can, you know, wash down, uh, you know, every little centimeter of everything. I'm curious to see what that looks like, and I'm and I'm taking it from your your the way you're talking about it. Is that much of what is covered here early on? Is that correct? I think so. Yeah, I mean, the first episode, you you, you can't avoid it. You know, you, you want to shoot football, yeah. but but most of what they're doing, it, um, I would certainly say the first half of the episode, which comprises sort of the first week of camp is just getting used to that, uh, you know, is, is putting all these protocols in place for these guys to understand what they have to do because, and every team has said it, the healthiest team has the best chance to last the longest. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the math in trying to be successful this year. 
a war of attrition for sure. Um, now, uh, this is interesting, too, I wanted to ask you about. What about your crew? So, like, were you forced to uh, go about this with less human beings? Um, and what safety protocol measures have they had to go through? Yeah, it's a great question. And the answer is, um, I wouldn't say forced, but we we had to, yes. Um, we... We were involved uh, as a show, uh, as a production in the NFL, NFLPA negotiations um, because, of course, there was never a, never really a doubt that hard knocks would happen. I think it's become part of of the NFL calendar now. People expect mm-hmm. to hear that theme music come on in August and then <laughs> hear yeah, Schreiber, you know, say his first line. Yeah. Um, and so – there was discussions about how we would do it because of course there's this tiering system and the media is not allowed onto the football field. And, and, but there's of course this, this expectation of hard knocks being this very built in part of the NFL schedule. So, um, and of course all the employees there are part of the national football league. So we, we are inside the bubble, um, of these two teams. And, you know, it's not quite the NBA bubble um, in that we're all locked um, in the same space, but we are uh, under the same exact protocols that the players are. That is, we are tested every day. All 60 employees that are out there um, with the Rams and and chargers are tested um, every day. We have the same tracing bracelets that, the teams do that the players do. Mm. Um, we have the same protocols in terms of social distancing, uh, masks at all times at the facility. Um, we're not allowed to to have our families uh, come and visit us. We're not allowed to hang out in each other's rooms and have beers at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all, all the things that for our crews make the, the shoot kind of fun, they're all gone. And it's, it's, it's a very uh, somber and serious camp to make sure that it's, it's safe for the players. Um, and that's, uh, that's done very easily by our crews out there. And I give them a lot of credit because it's, it's the most important thing we can do. I mean, we're there to make great television, we hope, but we also know that the number one job is just not to, endanger anyone so we had to do that and that includes limiting the crews um in terms of how many people uh get close to the players and how close they get you know i'll admit there's i mean there was no limits in the past as much as there were limits you know uh, our directors would go up to players who they knew and and talk to them and, and shake their hands and go, Hey, thanks again for that shoot last night when we came to your house. And yeah, thanks again for dinner that your wife made us or whatever. That's way over. We're not getting within six feet of players. You know, we're, we're texting them. We're, we're, we're zooming with them. We're not going into their homes. We're not driving with them in cars. Um, when, when we're even talking to them from 10 feet away, it's with masks we're, we're using long lenses to, to shoot them. We're, we're shooting meetings in Zooms and Robos instead of getting inside meeting rooms. It's a totally – and, of course, these are warm-weather teams. So the Rams, for example, have this big tent outside where they're having all their team meetings outdoors. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure, but over the course of a season, is that an advantage that they have a warm weather city that they can, they can practice outside and have meetings outside and not have to have players inside close together, you know, come winter. I don't, you know, there's, it's, it's a whole level that we had to um, address ourselves when it came to the production that of course we've never had to do before. Incredible stuff. Absolutely incredible. Sounds it, it, it sounds very intriguing. I'm looking very much forward to watching it. It does premiere uh, Hard Knocks premieres on Tuesday, August 11th on HBO. And we're talking with Ken Rogers, longtime showrunner and uh, producer of Hard Knocks. Um, Ken, um, as far as today is the opt out uh, deadline. 
Um, I just real quickly wanted to touch on that. Is that has that been a part of the show at all? I mean, this is a real personal decision. A lot of talk about these guys that have opted out. Were you able? Is anybody on these teams um, opt out? And did you get any of that? Or is also along with that, like the procedure for when someone gets a positive test? Has that been any part of any of this? It hasn't been a big part. I'll tell you the you know the the opt outs hasn't been a big story at camp. Um, there has has so far I think been one uh, opt out of a of a lineman um, with the Rams. Um, and, um, you know, the deadline's coming up here, and, and I haven't heard of any more. There may be um, certainly definitely a personal uh, decision. And as far as positive tests, there have been a few. And it's funny, there is no moment to capture um, because the tests, are, the tests are returned within 24 hours. Um, and I know this because our crews are being tested. And you don't get a notification if you are negative, you just kind of go about your business. Um, but if you're tested positive, you, you know, you're told right away. Um, and I don't know that from our crews cause our crews have not yet tested positive, which is great, but yeah, you know, you, our players, if they were tested positive, they, that could happen when they're in the shower at home, they could be driving, um, you know, they could still be asleep. <laughs> so yeah, unless we, that. unless we were with every single player all the time, we would never be able to capture somebody being told they're positive. So we, ha- we had to sort of give up that, uh, dream, you know, from the beginning. And of course, you know, HIPAA laws and, and everything else with personal medical information, we would have to get clearance from the player ahead of time. Hey, will it be okay to capture that? Um, and of course, you know, saying, saying somebody, Hey, can we hang out at your house in case you come up positive? I mean, it, the logistics of it became overwhelming. And we said, you know what, we'll wait until, uh, if that happens with a, one of our major characters, uh, you know, we'll cover that. Um, and it really hasn't become a, a big story at camp. Um, but with the, the, the pro- oh yeah, listen, the protocols, um, have been put in place for a reason. But I tell you, over the next uh, next five weeks, you know, I don't think anyone in the NFL is resting on any laurels that so far there hasn't been, you know, a huge, um, you know, breakout. I mean, I mean uh, things can happen. We expect things to happen, and I uh, and it's all about mitigating the risks and addressing them. Uh, immediately if they do happen. And that goes whether it's the Hard Knocks crew or a team. You know, this is it's not going away anytime soon. The challenges are going to be there. So I think that's why this show will be so interesting is to see how the NFL is going about it. And I think I think people will learn a lot. I think if you if if you are a sports fan and you're wondering how the hell are sports going forward and maybe even why the hell are sports going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, this show, this show will give you a perspective, whether or not you agree with it after the first hour, whether they should be doing it, you'll at least see what they're thinking in terms of going forward. It's, it's incredibly uh, intriguing. So my next question then in revolving around that, as that is such a, obviously a key piece of everything that's going on in our world and in the world that, you know, you're shooting now, uh, as you know, I paid close attention to the NFL, uh, NFL PA, you know, negotiations, as you said, uh, I think you covered as well. Right. And, and it was, it was a battle, right. You know, give and take back and forth. And, and it sounds like they came up with a good plan, but yet we see baseball having a little bit of trouble here and there. I think that, you know, certainly this is going to be a part of the season regardless. You know, it's going to happen. You're going to have positive tests. You may have key players with positive tests. It's just something that that um, if you want to have a successful season, you can't come to a full stop. You just have to be able to to keep going with the plan, right? I think that's a big part of it. Now, as as far as you... 
you know, shooting this series and as they start to get into this football stuff, how do you balance this tremendously intriguing story uh, about the pandemic and how uh, a team or a league is trying to play football in a pandemic and just football storylines? Um, I, you know, I think we just, we, we, we tell the truth. You know, I think it comes back to that whole, if you're, if you tell the truth, you, you don't have to keep track of your lies. That whole, uh, thing that you, you're told as a kid, yeah. um, it, it, if, if we're expressing the balance of what the teams are doing, then we don't have to worry about it. And, uh, you know, this week it's definitely, it's going towards, uh, the pandemic and, and the balances towards, uh, figuring out how to get through this. And, uh, in show two, they, they put on the shoulder pads because, um, you know, we move past the acclimation and they can start practicing football, um, a little bit more with, with pads and jerseys and, and, you know, um, non-contact, non-padded practice, but they, they can have pad shoulder pads on and, and actually play some football. And then in show three, they can wear some, they can wear pads. Okay. Now, now I can guarantee by then COVID and, and protocols will, will be a very small percentage of what they're thinking about. And so we won't, we won't be, playing it up then because we think it's the, the story of America then and it, it's it's a good story or it's the it, we're getting good ratings because of it if it's not a story at camp then it's not a story at camp you know as documentarians we try to just tell the truth and this week I would say it's it's half the story if not more than half the story of of the amount of time they're spending on it but I think by show three, it's going to be way skewed towards football and come show five, you know, if all, if everything goes as planned and, and, um, you know, football is, is, um, thriving again, then everyone's going to be focused on week one. And gosh, as a football fan, I hope that's where we're at. And we're not talking, we're not talking about the pandemic, uh, you know, and I hope we're just, we're looking forward to week one football. That would you be nice. You said it, man. You said it. I, I hope so, too. Uh, you're listening to Ken Rogers, showrunner and producer of Hard Knocks, uh, talking about the upcoming uh, season, much anticipated, uh, covering both Los Angeles teams. It'll premiere Tuesday, August 11th on HBO. Um, Ken, as far as... I would I would think, and, and obviously you can't see into the future, but one thing that I'm really intrigued about is rookies, right? So a lot of these rookies are going to be in camp, and they're going to step on the field week one, having never played an NFL down, having never really taken a live full speed, you know, uh, not even in a, in a full scrimmage potentially, right? Uh, it, in week one, like how, in your opinion, and maybe even in the show, like how can teams get these guys ready for that or prepared for that for like a guy that maybe is going to start as a rookie? That just seems really, really wild to me this year. I'll be honest. I have no clue how they can do that. Um, I don't either. Yeah. You know, they've, they have obviously been working over zoom and, and trying to get in the playbook as much as they can. But, you know, you look at, at even high draft picks, you know, Justin Herbert coming in as the, as a quarterback um, with the chargers, regardless of whether he starts or not, you know, he came in uh, last week, you know, in front of our cameras and he met his head coach for the first time in person. Huh. He he tried his helmet on for the first time. He saw his locker for the first time. You know, like forget forget playing with his teammates. He hadn't seen his facility. Right. You know, like and, and in a month he could potentially be out there starting 
And and then you just think, oh, yeah, how's that going to work? Um, and the, like I said, my answer is I have no idea. <laughs> so I'm glad yeah. I'm not, you know, responsible for that. I, I but, uh, you know, I think every team's in the same boat. So I guess that that's certainly some some parity and fairness in it. I feel even worse for the undrafted guys who already had, you know, a one in thousands chance to make the team. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're 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 camp fodder already and had to perform in games amazingly to just catch the eye of a coach yeah and now not only are games gone so they're limited to practice but they come to camp and practice is gone for half the summer <laughs> yeah. now they i mean now they get to stretch and try to impress the coach yeah <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, yeah. And there are there are plenty of Hall of Famers who started out as undrafted free agents who went on and you know just made an impression in training camp that first year and became Hall of Famers. And there is likely a Hall of Fame, a would be Hall of Famer, out there that is going to not make a team and maybe walks away because you know the chance didn't happen. And we're going to lose out on a Hall of Fame career this year. Um, and that's that really stinks, you know. It is. It, it's, it's incredible to think about, uh, you know, all those guys in there, you know, that make teams and end up, like you said, end up having great careers or end up making an impact even just for a couple years even. Uh, they There's just no chance to prove themselves this year. It's really just a limited window. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how these rosters turn out. But yet, they're going to need more players than ever at the same time. So, it, it's interesting. Um, if, uh, Ken, um, as far as uh, the people, is you know, I feel like Hard Knocks is so much about, like, the people, right? Uh, you know, the people that you introduce on the show and the personalities. Obviously, Sean McVay is like TV gold, right? I love watching him. He's so entertaining, so smart and, and amazing. Uh, you mentioned Anthony Lynn earlier. You know, it's it's weird that we're talking now again here for the third straight year. Tyrod Taylor in another quarterback battle with a rookie. Hey, deja vu to the Browns here, right? Uh, pretty crazy uh-huh. there that, that that's happening again. Um so uh, I, I and I look at these rosters. They're two really talented rosters, up and down, and there's a lot of personalities there too. So, if you found that uh, there is no shortage of personalities and, and people to to latch onto as far as filming, yeah, and you know we haven't really even gotten into the rookies and the the long shots, the bubbles players yeah. because because they haven't really started practicing yet so we haven't really gotten to those guys but the you know the main stars are are definitely plentiful um you know we you just saw that joey bosa signed this big contract so you know you oh okay there's a there's a big name and um you know you just look at 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 friends like jalen ramsey and and derwin james and you say hey those are two guys on different teams here on the chargers and rams who our friends who played together in college and wow, they're incredible, incredible members of their, of their respective teams uh, that know each other. And I think nationally, not a lot of people know about them, Hmm. you know? Um, And you say, I want to know about Derwin James and I want to know about Jalen Ramsey. And this is going to be a great opportunity to know about and learn about those type of guys. Um, I think, I think especially, um, you know, for people on, on the East coast and and through the Midwest that I I think are, are probably more loyal fans to their own fan base. And I I always feel as a, as a Philadelphia uh, native here, Mm-hmm. Uh, tend to tend to just eat up the the East Coast teams and the West Coast teams. Just once in a while, 
you you know the names through fantasy. You know the names. You know the you know the plays. You know the highlights. But boy, when you get to know them as people, you go, "Wow, I didn't know that about that guy." I mean, uh, you just there's just so many great players in the league. Sometimes there's there's guys you miss, and, and uh, I think these are two in particular, uh, Derwin and Jalen, that. I don't know that a lot of people know them as well as they should. And I think we're going to get to know them. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right because of the West coast thing, you know, it's just kind of a lot of times I think stars fly under the radar. Like you said, you know, their names, like I know Derwin James is an incredible player. Right. Uh, But, but I don't know anything about him. You know what I mean? Or, and that'll be a, that'll be a a great aspect uh, to get a look at for sure. Yeah, and Jalen was in Jacksonville where, you know, yep. doesn't quite get the attention, you know, I'm sure in Cleveland that uh, anybody in the AFC North does. Right. No, you're absolutely right. That's a, a wonderful feature, certainly this year. Uh, do you, let me ask you this, with so much going on uh, and so much, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I would call them, I'm sure you're met with a ton of challenges due to the situation this year and the pandemic and everything. It, although it does make for intri- intriguing, uh, certainly material, uh, do, do you wish that you had chosen just one team or are you happy that you chose the two anyways? Um, you know, I, I I had at one point thought, wow, how are we possibly going to fit two teams in? <laughs> right. Yeah. I thought this is not this. I'm going to regret this. This is not going to be great. When the decision was made to not have any games, I thought, oh, this is going to work out for the better, you know, because yeah. we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to have the opportunity now that we don't have what in the preseason is the epic I'm not going to say that preseason games are epic, but in terms of preseason, that's our epic moments. Um, right. Um, now that we don't have the epic, we can concentrate on the intimate. And, you know, we might not have that climactic moment where, you know, a rookie gets to score a touchdown, but we're going to be able to spend some more time with them in private moments. Um, you know, certainly socially distant private moments, but, um, uh, <laughs> You know, we're going to be able to spend some more time on the field with them um, and get to know them as people. And I think that'll be a diff- it's totally going to be a different type of show. Um, and I think people who who tune in looking for straight, um, you know, football uh, will get to know the people more than the player. Um, and that'll it, it'll be different. And I and I I look forward to that. I, I'm not sure what it will feel like. Because we're not we're not even close to done the first episode yet, but um, I look forward to how it turns out. Yeah, uh, it sounds like it sounds uh, incredibly intriguing. I'm looking forward to it. I have three more questions for you, Ken. They're they're not they're not too long, if you don't mind. Here you're cool. listening to Ken Rogers of NFL Films, uh, showrunner uh, for. Uh, Hard Knocks and uh, lead creative producer of Hard Knocks now for uh, 14 years, right? 13 years, 14 years? Uh, Yeah, yeah, this is 13. All right, 13 years. That's amazing. Um, And uh, uh, so with all of that going on, let me ask you this. Just uh, not even about the show, just you probably have the best feel or one of the people that has the best feel for it, percentage or feeling that you think that this season plays all the way through? Oh. Um, even venture, I guess. Um, I would say from a football perspective, uh, I I say 98%. Um, that's not – no that, – that, that's taking out my uh, lack of knowledge of uh, world, the, yeah, the world events. Um, <clears throat> I, yeah. I, I feel pretty confident mm-hmm. in in what the NFL is doing and uh, the contingency plans and how we're going about things. Um, I, I certainly know that it's not going to be perfect and that there's going to be tons of challenges. 
I have no idea what may happen uh, nationally, um, what might happen governmentally, what might happen medically. Yeah, certainly those are all uh, uh, variables there that uh, could play wreak havoc on the season, certainly. Um, but you, it sounds like you feel good about the NFL's plan, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you can't control what you can't control, but I think what we what we can control, the medical experts uh, were the ones that gave us, you know, all the information. I don't think we just made it up on ourselves. I, of course, wasn't wasn't part of it, but you know, I don't think the uh, the league uh, brass made up what we're doing. I think it was done in conjunction with medical experts. So (laughs) I I trust them. It's not that I trust the people uh, in Park Avenue. I think we all are trusting the medical experts. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's who we should be listening to. I I find myself talking about science way too much these days on sports. uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think we all do a little bit, but um, okay, so totally off-topic question, and I just I'm just curious here, Ken. Do you have uh, an inside look at all at so like the top when they do the top 100 NFL Network? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have an inside look at that at all, or are you a part of that? I am not a part of it, but it is produced at NFL Films. Uh, some co-workers, some very talented co-workers uh, of mine do produce that show. Um, the voting process, of course, is done by the players. Um, right. But, so that, but that's where my question goes, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> this year, lots of controversy surrounding it, right, with Patrick Moore Always. This, this year, every year. Every year, right? Yeah. So, but I just, I, I feel like my, my listeners would be mad at me if I didn't ask because we've been kind of been talking about it. Do you know when they're asked to vote, and do you know what how they choose what players vote? Uh, we pass out ballots to every player on every team um, at the uh, tail end of the regular season. Got it. Um, so, um, you know, obviously every team is not in the postseason. So if we went around in the postseason, some teams are already spread to the wind and not around. Um, yeah, and yeah. we certainly want every player to, to vote. Um, so it's a little, I guess the analogy would be, uh, you know, all-star voting, um, you know, in, in various sports. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but every player has an opportunity to vote. Um, and we're very extremely, I know, diligent about uh, getting to every team, uh, handing every player a ballot, waiting around for uh, a day or two and making sure that even after our representatives are gone, that they know where they can, uh, you know, which person at the team they can hand them to to make sure that they're given to us afterwards. Um, and there's a, it's definitely a majority of NFL players that vote. Um, is and it, is it like, yeah. um, a certain number of players that they can choose? Is it like, Hey, give me your tw- top 25 best players in the NFL. Or is I think it, it's or like 20. I, th- I, th- I think they list their top 20 in, in a row. Interesting. Just yeah. curious. Wanted to ask you, I figured you might know the answer to that and there you do. So, yeah. Uh, interesting stuff uh, when you look at that, those votes, certainly. Always lots of controversy surrounding that. Of course, this year with the Patrick Mahomes at fourth and everything. So, uh, But it makes sense now that you say that those are passed out at the end of the season because things look a little bit different at that point, right? Uh, yeah. Before he goes and wins the Super Bowl and uh, all that good stuff. All right, last question for you. So nobody, right? No fans. Uh, you know, very limited press, uh, if at all, is going to have a look at what you guys are getting a look at this year, right? Normally, some fans can watch training camp, and it's not the inside look that you guys provide, but there's people around, and, and there's interviews, and there's this and that. You guys are truly like an exclusive this year. Do you feel added pressure because of, of you're like the only ones that can see what's actually going on in these facilities this year? 
Um, no, I wouldn't say we feel um, added pressure um, because, you know, there's always a level of exclusivity that we have. Um, we're usually or we are the only ones that are inside the meetings or, you know, we are the only yeah. ones that capture, you know, that conversation between um coach um, Jackson and, and, and coach kitchens, you know, the, those things are entrusted just with us. And it's been that way at NFL films since 1962. So it's, we're very familiar and comfortable with that position. I would say that we do feel very um, responsible um, mm-hmm. in, in that we know that, we have an opportunity to be inside here and we don't want to, um, we don't want to wreck it. You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't, we don't want to, um, be responsible for something going wrong. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're really going to make sure that our safety protocols are kept in line. Uh, you know, we have camp safety officers, basically security guards making sure that our people are, um, you know, going about their business the right way on a daily basis, um, you know, wearing their masks and all that. I mean, it's, um, it's really strict. And that's because we know that we have a, we have access that other people don't have, including not just fans, but, but other media and uh, shame on us. If, we waste that opportunity and um, and and do wrong uh, by it. So we're yeah, taking yeah. every precaution we can. And you know, look, uh, it's it's going to be a tough situation. There's no doubt that um, difficult times are going are are ahead for for every business in America. Just like it's been difficult over the last uh, six months, um, but. You know, the contingency plans, the cutting down on the amount of uh, possibilities of, of contact, all those things. You just try to you try to lower the amount of uh, possibilities as, as much as possible. It's all like you can't get rid of the, the risk 100 percent. It's all about mitigating the risk as much as possible. Um, it's it's what we've learned is it's totally impossible to say here's what we do to make sure that we never get infected. It's just about let's get rid of nine out of 10 or 92 out of a hundred or 94 out of a hundred possibilities. You just try to get rid of as many possibilities as you can. And that's the best you can do. Um, and if you, if everyone does that, then you, and you have a crew of 60 and you get rid of 900 and, 94 out of a thousand that's better than 962 out of a thousand yeah no over the course of the 60 days that we're there that that really adds up and that might save um you know someone's grandmother's life and uh, that's the way we're looking at this um this whole season and um it's it's a little overwhelming but um, I don't really think when you even think of one grandmother's life out there or grandfather's life out there um, uh, or anyone's life out there, um, you can really go about it any other way. That's the way we're looking at it. Amazing stuff, Ken. Amazing stuff. I can kind of tell just in talking to you, I feel like, um, and it's, uh, um, tell me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like this is presented a, a, uh, a different opportunity for you as a filmmaker. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say we were bored. We're, we never get bored of hard knocks. It's, it's, it's a different team every year, different characters every year, but this is certainly just, uh, it's, sh- it's shaking us to our core for sure. There's, I mean, I can't fall asleep at night because everything is so different and, Hmm. Uh, you can't just rely on muscle memory. I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen the next day. So I'm just, I'm on edge all the time. Um, and that's, uh, you know, there's something exciting about that as, as, as scary and frightening as all of this, uh, can be. And, and as 
uh, stressful creatively as it is. Um, it's one of those things I think um, as a as a team, as a production, that when it's all done, we're going to remember it for a long time and, and look back on it um, fondly in terms of working together. Ken, you're always one of my favorite interviews all year long. Uh, thank you so much for making the time for us here on All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, Ken Rogers um, of uh, NFL Films. Um, he has uh, uh, directed uh, multiple 30 for 30 films, um, including Four Falls of Buffalo, Elway to Marino, The Two Bills, and Dion's Double Play, among others. Uh, other, you know, work that you've done with NFL films, obviously. And then, you know, of course, the reason we're talking to you today is the August 11th premiere of Hard Knocks, as he has been the uh, showrunner and uh, uh, creative, uh, lead creative producer on Hard Knocks for 13 years now. Uh, Ken Rogers, thank you so much for your time, Ken. You were fantastic. No, thanks for having me as always. I hope everyone is well in Cleveland, and I hope you enjoy the show on Tuesday. Hey, we appreciate it. You're the best. There it was, Ken Rogers. I mean, what do you say about a guy like that? Tremendous stuff. Just absolutely amazing. Uh, Ken is a special, special guy. So he's been coming on uh, the air with me for three straight years now. Uh and it started the year that the Browns were on Hard Knocks, uh, the infamous, as you heard us talking about, the infamous Freddie challenging Hugh moment. His take on that is always different in that, you know, if it if they would have been, uh, if they ended up going 10-6 and six that season, you'd be looking at that uh, same, uh, that same video, that same moment in that room and saying, boy, you know, what a, what a healthy atmosphere where you have, uh, an open dialogue where a guy can question another coach about, um, what players are sitting and getting guys out on the field. And, and instead that we look at it that way because of the outcome of the season, uh, which was, you know, Hugh using it, losing his job, Eventually, Freddie taking over, Freddie being a disaster, and then we're now where we are. So it's interesting his take on that. Um, as uh, you, you know, it's all in the context that you put it in. So it's interesting there. Uh, I, I I got to ask him about the um, among all of the questions, which were incredibly well answered and. I can't wait to watch because you can tell that he has taken a different, um, if you've heard our interviews in the past, he's taken a different uh, different feel towards this one because of uh, the coronavirus and the pandemic and the safety protocols and everything, that he has something that, you know, is a once-in-a-lifetime thing that he can focus on um, as they try to produce football in a pandemic and um, that'll be in- incredibly interesting. It'll be our only view really uh, into exactly what is going on in these camps. And it'll be the LA uh, chargers, the LA Rams, you get some McVeigh in there. Um, you'll have some other good personalities in there with those teams. Those teams both have good rosters um, and they both have high ceilings and relatively low floors. They, they Either team could go either way, in my opinion. Um, I t- is kind of think Anthony Glenn is a little bit on the hot seat um, there, for sure, in, uh, uh, as far as the Chargers go. Um, and they'll both, uh, I think they'll both be repping new uniforms, if I'm not mistaken. But um, Ken Rogers, showrunner and producer of uh, head 
creative producer of Hard Knocks. He is vice president of NFL Films. So um, he has done many 30, 30, 30 for 30s, uh, famous ones, The Two Bills, Zoe Scott's favorite, Bill Parcells, Bill uh, Belichick, and then Dion's Double Play, which is great if you've ever seen it. I encourage you to go check those out for Four Falls of Buffalo, Elway to Marino. He, I mean, he's done them all. He was so NFL film. The NFL Thirty for Thirties is a place that he has uh, had a big hand. I know he had a big hand in the uh, the one hundred, uh, um, yes, or the uh, NFL one hundred presentation with Belichick and Eisen and those guys. Um, he had talked about that last year. And then, you know, because last week we talked about the controversy of the NFL top 100 list, I, I got to ask him, um, and he did know the answer. So he said all players receive ballots, every single player, which is not what we heard from, from some other people. I heard other people say that, uh, I think I heard Pat McAfee say that just pro bowlers received it or something, and I forget what it, he was saying, but he said all players receive ballots um, at the end of the regular season or towards the tail end of the regular season, and they can pick up to 20 players. So you see there that how it could get skewed a little bit with um, the Mahomes ending up fourth and... and uh, you know, uh, Jackson ending up one, but I think that, um, I still think it, they whiffed on it. I mean, even in the regular end of the regular season, I, I still couldn't put Lamar Jackson at one, even though he was the MVP. I mean, it's clear that Mahomes to me, at least to that, at that point, it was still clear to me that Mahomes was the best player in football. Um, and with Aaron, you get with Aaron Donald up there and, and, uh, uh, they had Michael Thomas five. I think that's too high. Uh, he's so much a product of that offense for me. Um, you know, when you get Drew Brees so high and him high and Michael Thomas is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but I just think there's other receivers that, uh, have to do more to get their yards than he does, uh, as they are. It's not their no fault of their own, but they they are a product of Sean Payton's offense, and uh, I think sometimes they're over rewarded for that. I would have had McCaffrey in the top five, I think, Christian McCaffrey. Um, but other than that, I think they had it right. But it's interesting. Everybody was up in arms about Mahomes not getting the one. Uh, spot and Lamar Jackson getting the one and then uh, it went Lamar it went Russell Wilson two Aaron Donald three and um, Patty Mahomes at four so and and everybody's upset by that so uh, but you find out here that all players get a chance to vote uh, they all receive a ballot, and they can name up to twenty players. So that's from right, if, right from the source, Ken Rogers of uh, NFL Films, who helps with that, as well as um, his main project, which is Hard Knocks. Incredibly intriguing interview. So much uh, going to go into this season. You know, as he said, no football acclimation period. He talked about the security um, for his own crew, even having to follow the NFL protocols, uh, the sense of responsibility of just not, you know, endangering anybody because uh, there's so much on the line there. 10 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday night, August 11th, HBO. If you don't have it, uh, go onto your Roku box, your Fire Stick. Uh, go to your local uh, cable provider that you have. Uh, get HB because you're going to want to watch Hard Knocks um, for the next five weeks for sure. It's going to be uh, an epic addition to two teams, both in L.A., uh, in the middle of a pandemic trying to figure out how to get through and play football. And uh, Ken is uh, amazing uh, at what he does and uh, amazing to spend the time with us tonight here 
on all eyes on Cleveland. Told you it was going to be a big weekend. We will have another show tomorrow. Two shows today, one tomorrow. James Rapine will come on. Um, he works for Squid uh, to cover the Bengals. He runs the At All Bengals site. Uh, he's going to start our around the AFC North. Um, so James Rapine tomorrow, today, double-timing it. Uh, one show earlier with uh, Zach Jackson and then uh, now uh, with Ken Rogers. So um, this will actually be available tonight but won't be published until Monday um, because of the timing of the show and everything uh, at USA Today. Sports Media Group's The Browns Wire. It has been a pleasure as always. You can find our show where all popular podcasts are found and at all eyes on Cleveland.com, as well as USA Today, Sports Media Group's The Browns Wire.com. Hard Knocks Preview with Ken Rogers, showrunner and uh, VP of NFL Films. Incredible stuff. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, we're going to get you up and out of here. Big thanks uh, to Ken for coming on again three years in a row, making the time. What incredible guy. Incredible guy. Uh, and uh, so candid about his job. Incredible. Um, Mikey on the ones and twos, you have been listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. I am Brad Ward. We are out.